Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to the Mike Flares podcast coming to you today from the character creation screen. I am your host, Martin, and with me today, as always, is your host, Connor. How are you doing today, Connor? Not bad, buddy. How are you, folks? I'm... I, don't know why I, said, I don't know why I said that. They can't answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A car- <laughs> interaction between the audience is always good, man. It's always good. But uh, I know I'm doing good. I'm... I'm uh... We've got a we've got a fun episode today. Um, it's an, it's a, another viewer requested episode, so I'm I'm really excited to get into it. Um, and it actually nice. comes from someone in my party, Steve, my uh, my rogue. So uh, it, it should be a fun one. Um, we're going to talk a bit about character creation today. But before we do, some really cool stuff came out this week that I think it'd be fun to talk about because it kind of ties into this. Yeah, totally. Um, so there's the folk of the Feywild was the mm-hmm. UA that came out this week. Um, and there's four new. We got, are we going by lineages? Is that the new term terminology for it? lineages? I believe. See, I think um, they, I think they actually use the term race. Yeah, they use race. Uh, the term race as um as a thing here, but it's uh, I, oh, I, fair I, like it's a their lineages as well because you can you can use the lineage editor editor with these. I imagine. Yeah, I, there's also what, what's the other one that people use as well? This race lineage and uh, origin. No, not origin. Something else. Um, heritage. I think is the other oh, is okay. the other. Uh, word people use when describing it, but yeah, I mean, it's all we all know. It's 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 D We all know what it is. Yeah. Um, sorry, that's it. I just realized I left left the part out of my notes. Uh, <laughs> You're correct. Um, there we go. Forgot how to spell. Okay. Uh, yeah, but the this new uh, this new fame based professional, professional podcasting. Super here. professional. Um, I'm kind of regretting getting the. Uh, I specifically bought a clacky keyboard because I'm like, that'll sound really nice when I'm typing, but <laughs> not everyone else wants to listen to that shit. Yeah. Um, I try to avoid yeah. typing when we're podcasting as much as possible because my keyboard sounds like a steam train running across like, what are those things? Snaps, you know, those jokes used to throw on the ground and they'd like pop and make a Yeah, yeah, and they make a little pop sound. Yeah, yeah. It, sounds, it sounds like a, a train running across those when I type, so I, I, I try not <laughs> to look stuff up while we're on the podcast. Um, but yeah, anyway, back to the to the fair, to the fair folk. Uh, we've mm-hmm. got like we've got a, a handful of some really in some interesting ones. There's a couple of them that like really stick out to me, um, that I that I thought were pretty cool. Um, we had a, a really short chat about them just before we started recording. You were saying there's there's a couple that stick out to you too. Do you want to tell us about what ones kind of uh, like jump out to you? Uh, um, jump out to you most at first. Yeah, well, I mean, I was just going to go in order about what All I right, liked. We can do that. Um, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, Kind of stealing the show from you now, Martin. Sorry. Um, so the fairies are the first one to go. So fairies are now, well, UA anyway. They're a playable race in UA. Um, very interesting, small in size. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things that jumped out about the fairies to me uh, is one that their type is actually fae, which is interesting. Yeah. I think we've seen that a little bit more and more that not all player characters are humanoids anymore. Um, and you can actually play uh, yeah. alternate uh, creature types, which is very, very interesting, uh, depending on magic items and stuff that could be that could be good or bad mm-hmm. um if a, if a fairy is like for example you have a spear that yeah. that does extra damage to fey if you had an npc that you needed to kill uh that was you know that would work out very, very well for you alternatively quite badly um, for them so, as well. <laughs> someone else you could be your your type could be fairy and someone else could be wielding that spear against the party you know or something yeah. like that or maybe the certain magic items I, I like honestly it could be hours and hours going through the list of magic items to def- decide um or discover which magic items are uh like do any of them say specifically attuned by a humanoid or you know yes, when, like when a humanoid attunes to this or something will that be so that will, will things be restrictive that way i don't think so I think most things just say when a creature attunes yeah. to this or something like Usually that. Usually the but... restrictions are like alignment or class based, aren't they? Exactly, yeah, yeah. So I don't think there's a lot of that, but it's a possibility. Uh, but the things that jumped out to me uh, were 
one, the wording of how their fly speed works. Fly yeah. speed is tied to movement, mm -hmm. which means that you could take things like the the is that what's the feet the mobile mobile feet. So you could take mobile, or you could be a monk, and that means that as your as <laughs> oh your speed God, goes up, you could be a fair a fairy monk, and as your speed goes up for walking, your flying speed does as well. You could end up with some absolutely crazy fly speeds just all the time, which is something that was previously only achievable by uh, Aarakocra. Mm -hmm. um, but even the way their speed works. They have 25 walking and a flat 50 flying, which is not altered or, or determined by their walking speed. So even if they were a monk or if they took movement yeah. or, or mobile, sorry, they you wouldn't be able to alter their fly speed. Uh, this is, has, it's not terrible, but it has the potential to be something that's quite <laughs> quite broken. I'm just like, right now that you mentioned it, I'm super tempted to like rebuild the flash, but as a fairy. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that'd be really cool. And like, they actually have these fake characteristic things where they like, mm. you have exceptionally large ears. You roll on the table, or uh, let me see, you smell like fresh brownies. Uh, <laughs> there's a, a noticeable, harmless chill surrounds you. You could always uh, uh, homebrew one with your DM and say, "Yeah, there's like crackling lightning all around me at all times, or whatever." That's like <laughs> harmless. Yeah, if you don't have uh, like spectral horn that makes you look like a unicorn. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's it's very cool. It's a very it's a nice option, and I think it could be very interesting. Um, it's one of the ones. Okay, there's four of these I could see using in my world, and one of them I could not. So I'm just kind of like, mm, mm. it doesn't it doesn't grab me. Which is um, which is the which is the one that you you don't see using. Uh the last one, Rabbit Folk. Yeah, I I like some of the things in Rabbit Folk. I find it funny, but yeah, they didn't super appeal to me. Um, yeah. I thought an interesting thing as well because you pointed out that the the fairies are actually classed as fey. They are mm. even though all these people, all these things are classed under the the fey folk. Uh, everything else is a humanoid. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean they are they are humanoids from the fey and stuff, but yeah. I think that's very interesting. And I, like I said, they've been. I feel like they've been doing this recently. I feel like this isn't the only time. Oh, uh, I think your your class is undead was with the gothic lineage. I think they had some of those you counted as undead. Which again hmm. opens up the doors for like I know there's some spells that can turn undead and uh, and stuff like that. So destroy I mean, a, yeah, a destroy undead exactly. Yeah, um, there's some stuff in there that's potentially uh, it just opens the door for some unique uh, takes. I think when hu the player characters are no longer always humanoids, you can mess around with that a little bit. It could be very very fun. Um, that's you know maybe certain things do or do not work for you. Um, I've always kind of thought they might like in my world, for example. Um, all, and I think in a lot of D&D, there's a tie between uh, elves and the Feywild. Um, now, I don't explicitly rule that elves are uh, Fey in my world. They have, like, Fey lineage, but mm -hmm. they're not actually Fey. Um, but I would rule that Eladrin certainly are Fey. They're, they're, in my world, they are still very much tied to the Fey, whereas uh, wood elves uh, and uh, high elves and all this other stuff, they are in the material world for long enough that they're no longer quite classed as fey you know they've been a bit separated from it yeah but i think it's for uh that's just cool cool to me that you know i like that i like that this is a possibility you know that you can have these different types yeah I, I always looked at um it's probably just because i'm a massive tolkien nerd but i've always looked at you know the way um there's the fey and then there's elves and then the elves have fey lineage so like they're yeah. similar but not the same i always looked at that like um the numenorians and aragorn in uh in tolkien and that like yes he's descended from numenor but he does so he has some of their traits like he has the extremely long life and and, and yeah yeah and all that and he, but he but he isn't like a straight up full-on numenorian yeah exactly yeah because so again it's and i think that that's 
I mean, the Fae Ancestry is a, is a, a class feature elves have, and I think it's kind of encapsulated in that, is that it's their ancestry. Mm. Their ancestors had these abilities. Some of them have carried down, but they're not strictly, you know, Fae yeah. or anything like that. Another one that really jumped out to me, which I thought was weird, but I also I don't dislike, is the Fae Passage thing, where they can move through a gap that's yeah. uh, as wide as an inch. And I'm like, I kind of love that, because it's kind of like Alice in Wonderland perspective magic kind of stuff. It's really cool. Yeah, it gave me real strong, like, Peter Pan vibes, and, like, Tinkerbell going through keyholes and stuff. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it just think it's really, really wacky, um, and it could make for some, like, no other, I think only, like... Typically, it's like oozes and stuff have that in D and D. So the uh, fact that a player character can... uh, elementals can do it as well. Oh yes, elementals. Yeah, fire, water, air, and air. I believe can all can all move through. But I mean, that's really cool that a player character could have that. Yeah. Um, and nah. could make again if you go rogue, that could be some very just, interesting. Just thinking, yeah. yeah, pick a lock from the inside. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be really really cool. <laughs> You're like pushing the tumblers into place rather than like actually picking exactly, a lock. Yeah. That would be so cool. Oh man, I thought fairies were kind of lame to be honest, but that concept is really cool. Yeah, but also, I'm telling you, a fairy, a fairy rogue would be absolutely, absolutely bizarre. With like Um, tiny, tiny knives, (laughs) and you're like, you just, it's like, uh, and then someone just dies. I love love the idea of like a like criminal background fairy rogue, uh, like thief or something, or maybe an assassin, and uh, I like, no, you're trying to get into a into a. A club or a, something like that. A fairy and, uh, thieves guild would be so class. That would be so. Oh, hard to that'd be really cool. Oh, it, oh my god, like... that's the borrowers. <laughs> oh my... I wasn't going there at all. I was like, what if they were like, what if the tooth fairy or the concept of the tooth fairy was actually many fairies and they were all thief rogues, and they break into like children. Not okay. It's not. It's not maybe, it could be gruesome if you want it to be, where they steal teeth in like a really crazy way. Have but what seen... if they're just like, oh, we we break in, we take the tooth, and we leave a coin, and it's <laughs> genuine fairy rogue like yeah. characters that do this. That'd be awesome. You could you activate a tooth fairy in D and D. Have you uh, have you ever seen that film uh, Rise of the Guardians? Uh, is that the one with Jack Frost yeah. as a character? Yeah. Yes, I, I've seen it a lot, a long time, but I, yeah, I remember the, seeing the it. The tooth yeah. fairies in that are like that. There is the tooth fairy, and then she has all these other fairies that go out and collect the teeth for her and leave behind coins. Yeah, she's in, she's in like upper management now, and yeah. she's like yeah. delegating yeah. <laughs> CEO, CEO of tooth collection. Yeah, yeah. I used I used to I used to do this job. Oh God, I started doing this job. I wrote the book on doing this job, but now I have a lot of people working for me, and uh, I can outsource it to them. Third party clients and stuff like that. CEO tooth collection sounds like it's your job to just go around fucking people up. Yeah, I was going to say it'd be really funny if you were playing a, like a fairy rogue and you had a couple of like knives, uh, and there's like an orc guarding the the entrance to the tavern. He's like, "You're not coming in," and you're like, "Get out of here! I'll fucking cut you." <laughs> 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 just like a couple of those little like tiny creatures with a couple of knives like I'll mess you up I'll send you to Neverland bitch <laughs> <laughs> or like or conversely uh, like and a voice I love doing whenever there's a small character in my world I feel like I gravitate towards this voice because it's like funny to me is like someone like a gnome or a halfling or in this case a fairy who's like you're like oh you're very cute he's like don't talk to me man he's, never <laughs> he's like don't fucking call me cute or right? i'll it's bust a... you up oh god it's like um rocket it's... raccoon this was... is where you go to but... was, i was thinking of the thing it's you know in the simpsons where they hire a family to play the simpsons and then like, yes. the man takes the maggie head off and it's an owl fella and he's like this fucking job man yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just, I just pity of a super gristled yeah. 
Mulker's cough fairy rogue is hilarious to me. Uh, cool. uh, ah. it, so just to, to like maybe get somewhere back to the point, um, one that I really liked, um, and we actually had a quick chat about, but didn't go into a lot of detail about, was um, the owl folk. I love mm-hmm. the owl folk. Like Eric Cocker are really cool anyway. But like, and I know there are there are probably a lot of people who do flavor the Eric Cocker to be like a hawk or a, an owl or yeah. And I I love that idea as well. That um, when you take or even like if you look at like um. A lot of the kind of like animal kind of races, the the what would you call them like anthrop- anthropomorphized? Yeah, anthropomor- anthropomorphized. Yeah. yeah, kind of races. Um, I like to, I like to mix a bit of diversity into them. Where like sometimes lizard folk look like crocodiles, other times they look like komodo dragons, other times they look like bearded dragons. Yeah. You know, and they they come in all shapes and sizes. And likewise, Aracocra. I I saw someone do an Aracocra once. This artist guy, uh, I think it's Arcane Forge. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he did one... No, he didn't. I think it was a Kenku he did. But instead of, like, a crow, he made his Kenku a pigeon because he was, like, an urban oh, Kenku cool. and he lived in the cities. <laughs> uh, and it was really... I loved it. It was, it was so cool. And I loved the idea of doing that. The same thing with uh, Tabaxi as well. So Yeah, sometimes they can look like uh, leopards and stuff like that. But other times, what if they look like lions and they have a bit of a mane? Or what if they look like panthers or even house cats? You know, they could be really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I, I found something like that in my world where um, my players have actually just arrived on it, but the, the, in the Dragonborn homeland, uh, it's called Yosairu, it's based on like uh, on Japan, like in Japanese culture. So they're Dragonborn and more like the Asian style dragons, where they have like the long serpentine necks and long tails and, and, and like, yeah, antlers yeah. and stuff. But uh, where my players have been currently, they have seen other Dragonborn. And those dragonborn are more like the Western style dragons, where they have they, they have like more of a, a humanoid shape, don't have the big long serpentine neck. Yeah, they're kind of broader and have yeah, yeah I get yeah. Yeah, it's always just cool. cool to do little like um evolutionary dim- evolutionary dimorphism. I'm not sure. I that I definitely. I get you though, know, where, where like yeah. maybe they started off as one tribe, but then they they lived in separate parts of the yeah. world, and as a result, then yeah. you get this like this, all yeah, like all cool. dragonborn started like the more Asian style serpentine, and as they spread their um like the the locations that they chose to settle in influenced factors, and then they're they kind of adapted to that location and kind of yeah a better, a better that's story. that's super interesting in like in like humans as well like in, yeah. in terms of real world human evolution uh and I, I love the idea of applying that as well to be like oh well these people maybe they live in the north so maybe these yeah. um these what you call these it's like a polynesian people have thicker bones because they generally live around um areas of i think it's around the equator and areas of like high tectonic activity Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I was, I, I was watching. No, I think that's true. I think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard uh, that. I cannot guarantee that's scientifically accurate. I'm. There's one I heard during the week because I, I mentioned to you a little while ago. I was watching a lot of Matt Culver videos recently, um, and he mentions in one of his videos he describes a character and he describes them with a. Is it an epic? An epa something fold, which is the the fold or the the kind of crease above the eye that Asian people have, and apparently, I, as he said, and I could be wrong or he could be wrong, um, that this is an evolutionary thing from cold weather, okay. um, so from from dealing with colder climates, which is very, but that's super interesting that there's reason behind it. People don't just look different because they're from different places. There's like environmental reasons oh, yeah. and stuff, and like you said, I mean, you could have uh, I'm trying to think, what are they called? They're Paina people. Right, help me. Knowles. Knowles. God, oh my God. I was nowhere near Knowles. I had a lot of other words. Regular I had, I had Yagnu in my head, but I didn't oh, have Knowles. Oh, Yagnu is the, uh, isn't it's that the god. god? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the demon god, or whatever, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so Knowles, for example, you could have Knowles that live in the north, and as a result, have uh, have fairer, well, I suppose they'd have darker. 
I've never gotten that. That doesn't hit. But they might thicker fur, for example, or they might have like it's like how um, those, um polar bear lycanthropes in um right oh, in Right in front, yes, there's a polar bear lichen throw. But again, which is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, I like, I like the idea of of the of. Yeah, well, we were saying about just uh, we yeah. get us back on track. <laughs> we like the idea of uh, of owl folk, but also you know having the idea that there's diversity within Aarakocra and stuff oh, like that. Totally. As well, yeah. But like, if you want to specifically go down the route of now, owl folk have really some really really cool abilities. So uh, you mm. create your type, you're a humanoid, and like like everything else other than the fairies in this thing. Um, yep. you have you're a, you can choose to be medium or small, which is cool. So you can be like a tiny little. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's you. You are either medium or small. You choose size when you gain this race. So like you could choose to be like that's so interesting. A really tiny like small owl, or you could be like one of those terrifying like gigantic owls that look like they like spawn. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've you're, got... you're either uh, is it pigwidgeon or your uh, or your headwig. Yeah. <laughs> pigwidgeon yeah. is meant to be this like, little runty owl, yeah. and then uh, headwig is meant to be this huge snowy barn owl or snowy owl snowy owl uh, snowy owl yeah yeah um but it was really cool um they actually have uh two arms two legs their wings come out around their shoulders um mm-hmm. and you have a uh, 30 foot walking speed uh dark vision you can see in dim light to 90 feet as if we're bright and darkness um and uh yeah shades of gray like most other races who have dark vision but the really that's really... interesting that's 90 feet as well yeah. and not 60 as was... which is fairly standard otherwise owls, well, owls, owls again hunters yeah. they're they're night hunters yeah um and that that's kind of do- that like preternaturally great sight that owls have is kind of um doubled up on here with magic sight which basically yes you can focus your eye the lenses of your eyes to see magic which lets you um cast detect magic as a ritual so you t- can take 10 minutes to cast detect magic yeah you can cast it at will as long as it's a cool. ritual which i love that's so super cool. oh I, I love the idea because again like you said because their eyes are so owls eyes are such a thing in mm-hmm. nature they have such good eyes i love the idea of kind of doubling down on that and being like hey when they're fairy uh, or fey owl folk it's more so because they can they can see magic or whatever yeah. which is awesome and like owls um, are always associated with wisdom and perception is a wisdom-based skill exactly <laughs> um uh, there's another one there the fly speed equal to the walking speed same as the fairies which i again room for abuse but i have no problems with it um one that stood out to me which i loved is the nimble flight ability yes, so they basically so have cool. a they have a fly speed right and it is is it it's set to their walking speed um but then they have this other thing when you fail or sorry when you fall you can use a reaction to make a dexterity saving throw dc 10 to stop falling and fly in place until the start of your next turn now the weirder it's it, that's a very slightly weird to me just to say until the start of your next turn Imply, that would almost imply that you stop flying then, but you have a fly speed, yeah, I so think you can just continue like, flying. You hover in place until the start of your next turn, at which point you can move as usual. Yeah, that would that would actually make sense. Uh, oh, actually, do you know what? It would because uh, the fly speed that they have does not have the ability to hover, whereas the fairy did. So that would make sense. You you do normally need to continue moving yeah. with a, a regular and, like, fly the, speed. The fairy doesn't actually have to move its wings to fly either. They don't even have to have wings. It's actually yeah. one of the characteristics you can pick on that list is that they could have wings if you want them to, uh, but they don't have to have them. They could just be like, they could be a glitter, like pixie dust coming off you or whatever that allows you to, or fairy dust, whatever, yeah. that allows you to fly. Uh, and you also have proficiency with stealth, which is cool, and also very thematic for owls, being like the, the night hunter as well. Uh, they have, owls actually have, uh, like their wings have evolved that air passes around and through them 
silently or more quietly that's than so other cool. animals. That's so cool. And uh, which, which I love. Like it's actually I don't I don't think I don't think I have to double check. I don't think uh, typical owls in D and D have that, but I do love that their wings. The way their wings are shaped is different than other predatory mm -hmm. birds because, let's say, like an eagle or a falcon. They're designed for speed, and they will spot something, and they will dive, and they will go for it. Whereas an owl is more like, I'm going to glide in behind it at some speed, but most, it's mostly about being silent. Uh, they could be really, really awesome yeah. as, a, as a race. I, I do like the owl folk a lot, uh, and I could see myself putting them into my world somewhere, whether totally. they're either fey origin or something else, but I do love... I, they, I love that it's about them, yeah. They would be cool to throw into, like, instead, say, like, a Fangorn-type forest in, in your world instead of having, like, instead of having it guarded, like, by your, your classical, like, wood elves or something. You could have, like, a rate, you could have, a like, a group of owl folk who live in the trees of this, like, darkened wood and hunt anything that passes through it. I'm actually just noticing something that is missing from all of them. Which is? language there's no languages listed on any of them there's a cover somewhere else oh languages ah here we go your character can speak read write common and one of the language that you and your dm agree is appropriate for the character that's listed higher up so not listed on the yeah. actual character blocks is listed higher up that's fair enough because i was gonna say i was looking at him like can they not speak kind of like kenku or whatever but no that's fair enough yeah um yeah i really like the alpha i could totally see myself including them mm -hmm. uh in my in my world which i really really like yeah. Um, there's one here that was very interesting to me. Um, <laughs> I think I know what it is too. Well, 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 I'm talking about the hobgoblin. Oh yeah, so that's what that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this now there is, is a hobgoblin. Well, there's hobgoblin. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? There's hobgoblin of the Feywild, right? So they have a lot of the same stuff that your typical hobgoblins do. Mm -hmm. Same walking speed, same size, uh, sixty feet dark vision. They have Fey ancestry now, so similar to uh, to elves advantage on saving throws uh you can make to avoid and or end a charm condition on yourself um they have a thing called fey gift actually yes. no, i'll come back to this in a second all right i'll come back to this like firstly they have a thing called fortune of the many this is actually identical to the previous uh hobgoblin thing from volo's guide where they have an ability called saving face and they work for two different reasons but they but they work exactly the same well almost exactly the same so for the fey hobgoblin it's about bonds you have with people and the more bonds you have the more supported you feel how very shown in anime <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like that that's what gives you this bonus so basically uh, if you miss an attack roll fail an ability check or, or a saving throw you can draw on your bonds of recipro reciprocity is that right yeah 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 yep that's a pretty hard word to pronounce uh, and gain a bonus to the roll equal to number of allies you can see within 30 feet or a maximum number of five Dude, that so that's really really cool right that's the exact same as the saving face ability, but the saving face ability is because hobgoblins, being kind of leaders among the goblinoid community, um, have to. It's called saving face because you can't look weak mm -hmm. in front of your subordinates. So the more allies, quote unquote, subordinates that you have around you, uh, you you will get this bonus because you can't fail. You can't be seen to look weak. And it's it's funny that the ability is the same, but where why the reasoning works differently for both of them, you know. Yeah, no, it's yeah, I I do like that a lot. It's it's like, it's almost like the uh the 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 Fey hobgoblin has been like corrupted by the material plane, and like now it's gone from being like, yeah, I will use the power of friendship and my bonds with people <laughs> to like ah oh, shit, I can't I can't look weak or the boys will knife me in the back when I'm not looking. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. There'll be a, there'll be a new uh, head of the legion by by morning if not. Mm -hmm. Um, but then the, this this is why the the distinguishing thing 
big distinguishing thing about these two. Uh, so for the Hobgoblin in Volo's Guide, once you use this trait, you can't use it again until you finish a short or long rest. Uh, which is, you know, that's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, for this one, uh, you can use this trait a number of times to equal your proficiency bonus and regain all expended uses on a long rest. That, okay, short, depending how many short rests you take during the day, this could differ, yeah. whatever your play style is. If you're a party that does take a lot of short rests and stuff, that, that might make a difference. But, uh, but I mean, early on, maybe taking two short rests a day or a short rest a day, you might end up using it twice or something like that. But I mean, like, at, at 17th level, having six uses of that <laughs> yeah. uh, is pretty, that's pretty hefty, like, you know? It's six uses in a single fight as well, you know? You can use that six times in a single fight and there's nothing restricting you uh, other than those like, full six uses. Can you imagine you have, like, a paladin in that party as well and you got the aura protection? Like, oh my god, yeah, exactly. You're not failing yeah. a saving throw. <laughs> no, not at all. Ever. <laughs> Could you imagine just like I mean, like I mean, realistically, thirty feet. That's that's a sixty foot diameter circle around you. Mm -hmm. You realistically, your party or most of your party are going to be within that circle most oh, of the yeah. time. Uh, I mean, you're 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 going to be working with at least a plus, you know, plus three or four. Almost all the time, and like you said, if you're a paladin, play a hobgoblin paladin. Get your own bonus to all oh, your saving God, throws, man. I, I and love... then and then just bust this out whenever you roll particularly low, and you're you're sorted for saving throws. It, um, I love I love that you went with that because my mind went straight for like this is like such a like Sailor Moon magical girl type. Like <laughs> you're not you're like I'm not I'm not familiar enough with Sailor uh, Moon. Sorry. I know what it is, but I'm not familiar enough with it. It's it's it, it happens. You're watching Naruto. It happens a lot in Naruto as I draw like like. I, I'm here but I'll keep going because I'm fighting for my friends and I need to protect my friends I can't let them down I will not give oh, up here like, uh, like Naruto being like I can't I can't let Sakura uh, Sak I almost said Sakura I can't let Sakura cry yeah again I, I, w I won't be the reason she cries or whatever yeah, I yeah. want her to cry but I just, I always, so... is that that or is that no sorry I'm thinking I'm thinking of full metal that's full yeah. metal I'm thinking of. No. but there's something similar in that as well with uh, with Naruto where he's like no I need to do this for my friends because yeah. even though even though Sasuke has kicked my ass eight times he's still my friend and I still want to do this for him yeah it's, it's that because I just, I just immediately went like oh my god this would be like a hilarious like you have like a goblin Sailor Moon team led by a hobgoblin <laughs> of the Fae and they're all in the like magical girl Sailor Moon outfits going just like going on adventures in the Fae while stopping bad things from happening oh but, uh, god but that's so that that's an ability that differs slightly, and I, personally, I think is better with the with the fairy with the fairy hobgoblin, the fae hobgoblin. Uh, the next ability called Gift of the Fae is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, you can use this trait to take the help action as a bonus action, and you can do it a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. Firstly, just want to throw in, I'm liking that they're changing a lot of the amount of times you can use something to match your proficiency bonus because then it scales naturally with the character which i really enjoy i really hope but, they do that with the arcane archer at some stage that would be great yeah yeah i, I absolutely i'd really like that um, and they probably will i'm hoping they will um so then you and you re regain all uses on a long rest right so it's a help action as a bonus action that's really good that gives a friend or an ally advantage you can actually um, choose it's a, it says in there you can choose to take it as a bonus action or an action so if you have like if you're a spellcaster and you have a bonus action spell you want to cast like thunderstep or fire step and because like I think fire step sorry because fire step you can take someone with you can't you, um so like uh, uh, yes so like if you're no a, no thun I can't remember which thunderstep is the one that does damage I think fire step is the one where you can take someone with you but like you so like I'm just I just picked that out as because it specifically specifies that you have, have to use a bonus action to cast it so like you could do bonus action 
uh, cast fire step and and and, and ready, ready that and then your action could be the help action mm-hmm. like you, you well I, oh, the, the thing i think is that it's what they're saying here is that's that's from third level onwards basically it's the yeah. same ability but from third level onwards you choose uh one of the below actually time you take the health action yeah it says what do you use it as bonus action i think the bonus action is the limited uses if you chose to take the health action as Honestly, that, I, that's the way i read it i think giving you the that's choice gives you more uses of it like that gives you more um it gives you more room to work in like particularly like if you do go like a spellcaster class with this or like even like like Lug uses a ton of stuff his bonus action for an absolute ton of stuff so like if i if if i had taken this as my race instead of human i could do like i could do whatever like i could set like i could do like set my spear for a charge as the bonus action and then like my action could be the help action to help someone else or whatever any of these naughty things are um like well, I, just, yeah, but I think it just gives you like a lot of room to maneuver and like make i think it allows for more possible combinations than if there was like bonus action for you so that the fact that you can choose i think is really really good what i'm saying is that you can choose absolutely it only counts towards your limited number of uses though if you do it as a bonus action sorry because anyone can take the help action as an action and that's any character can do that yeah and so that's like you said there's a lot of versatility because you can go oh this turn i want to cast shield of fate which is bonus action which means that i can use my action to use the help action here and that's perfect you get a versatility and you only burn the bonus action what uses because they're mm-hmm. more advantageous i guess you still get yeah. to attack and use your action so yeah that's the one that the thing the thing of it is essentially yeah exactly yeah and the, the thing of it is and this is where it gets really really broken is that regardless of whether you just take the help action as normal uh, or whether you use one of these limited bonus action help actions you can take one of three things each time you use it Every single time you use it, you can take one of these things, and it's an additional effect. So the first one is Hospitality. You and the target of your health action each gain a number of temporary hit points equal to a d6 plus your proficiency bonus. That's, again, anytime... Okay, okay, 10 HP doesn't stack and stuff, yeah. but there's nothing to stop you from standing in the center of a bunch of your allies and going, you get it this turn, you get it this turn, you get it this turn, and just keep looping it around to bump people out by 5, 6, 7, 10 HP here and there constantly, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is passage. You and the target of your health action uh, each increase your walking speed by ten feet until the start of your next turn. That's not terribly broken, but that's a nice. That's it's a nice useful. one, I think. Yeah, uh, and then until this, and then the last one is spite. I love this And it's one. until until the start of your next turn, the first time you or the target of your health action hits a creature with an attack roll, that creature has disadvantage on a next attack, a next attack roll that it makes within the next minute mm-hmm. so it's not even within the next round or within the next turn it's within the next minute um i know it's only one off and they'll they'll take one swipe or whatever and then it's gone but it's still disadvantage and you can spam that because if you just keep using again you have multiple uses of the bonus action but you can even just use your action every single turn to do yeah. this and you're helping your ally get advantage with the help action plus one of these additional effects yeah. i don't see a reason why i would ever in my goddamn life play a, a Volos Guide Hobgoblin when this is an option I could potentially have. True. I suppose if you if, if you care more about, like, if you don't really care about the mechanical benefits, but you want the more, like, the, that kind of evil goblin, camp, goblin yeah. flavor, like, because this is, this is very clearly, like, at least a neutral Hobgoblin. Like. At, the very, at the very least, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're not terribly um, evil like the <coughs> other ones are. The, the entire of D&D Twitter seemed to explode this idea when this was announced, but it also popped into my head. Um, Rogue Inquisitive Hobgoblin of the Fae Dear God, because you could you can do it as a as a bonus action anyway, 
at a 30 feet range, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So that's broken. So, that's so broken. That's really broken. And by the way, every single turn, yeah. you're given someone within a. Again, back to that fucking yeah. 60 foot size uh, diameter uh, circle that you're in. It's just. You get a you get a help action, so take advantage. Also take a D six plus three or four hit points, and then you get it this turn, yeah. and you get this turn, and I'm still using my action to fire a crossbow or a bow or whatever and at range. Sneak attack as well. That'd be a crazy, crazy powerful build for like a, as a support class. I I just had the dumbest idea, and it's called the Fey Team, and it's <laughs> it's like a goblin, a fairy, an owl folk, <laughs> and it is. And a bunch of other side characters, and every week they travel around in a magic wagon, solving different crimes in the Feywild. Are they are they mystery ink? No, the the, the Fey team. Oh, the oh, gotcha. Sorry, I missed that. I missed that. <laughs> if you found uh, that so funny no, at home, thank you. <laughs> I, I I noticed that you you didn't uh, <laughs> you didn't mention the fourth and final member, and is this is this maybe because you're in the same mentality of it as I am? I'm not mad about the rabbit folk. I find some of the wording of it very funny and entertaining. Uh, I find what, some of the wording to be a bit weird, and also I do like I feel like owl folk. I can I can make owl folk work in my world. I can't justify a floppy-eared rabbit running around. Now it does bring to mind. I feel you you'll know this, and I won't. Right, the name of the character in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There is a Yojimbo. Like is it Yojimbo? Is that his yeah. name? Yeah. Yeah, so he's like a, a master samurai rabbit, and and I could if you want to play that, that could be your. This is how you do it. But uh, other than that, I just I don't see rabbit folk fitting into my world. So it seems silly. Uh, and that's just me. That's maybe that's just me. I just found it funny that rabbit folk and owl folk would both be included in the thing. Because do owl folk eat rabbit folk? Because owls eat rabbits. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, especially if you if yeah. you pick your size medium. Yeah. It looks uh, like <laughs> Actually, rabbit folk can be small as well. Yeah. A choice. So you could totally be a medium uh, owl folk and a small rabbit folk and perch down and just eat them and fly <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do the owl folk just eat all the fairies as well? <laughs> no. Yeah, I feel like yeah. maybe that's a thing. I think that the owl folk yeah. are, are cannibals. This is this is like in, asking in why sense. do all the animals live together in Zootopia? I think we're kind of getting that way into it. So it's kind of super. Like, we're, yeah. we're, we are shitting on the, rabbit, on the rabbit folk a little bit. Um, to give you an idea, just the way that it's, it's uh, bounding across the wild, rabbit folk from the Feywild embody a spirit of freedom and travel. They're bipedal with characteristic long feet of the animal they resemble and fur in a variety of colours. They share keen senses, powerful legs, and are full of energy like a wound up spring. Rabbit folk are blessed with a little Feyloch and they often find themselves in a, new, a few fortunate feet away from danger dangers during adventures. Now, we're just, the two of us are just saying, neither of us particularly are like drawn in by this. If you're into this and you like this, no fucking judgment from us. Go play your game and have fun. No, I'll, um, I'll tell Judger. I'll tell Judger. <laughs> but I, what I will say is, I actually like some of the abilities that they get. Um, there's two. Uh, there's one in particular. There's yeah. There's two I like. There's two I really like. One, is, I'd say, is at least fifty percent of the reason I like it is because of the name. Um, do you, I, I think it's a hair trigger. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hair trigger. Yeah, yeah, I said I gotta love that pun. Hair trigger. H a r e. Yeah, H a r e. It's actually really good though. Um, it, it lets you add your proficiency it's really good. bonus to your uh, initiative runs. So. Which, I mean, regardless of what class you're playing, that's awesome because yeah. you're, you're you're buffing out your... Uh, you're buffing that out. Here's the thing, right? And this is what stood out to me and what I thought of immediately. Uh, play a rabbit folk swashbuckler rogue. You get your dex naturally yeah. on your initiative rolls. Then you get a bonus of your charisma. 
Then you get your proficiency bonus. I mean, that's potentially a proficiency or a, an initiative bonus, sorry, of if if you maxed out stats, you're looking at 16, a plus 16 <laughs> to your initiative. You could be well into the 30s. You're, you're always your first. It doesn't matter. You're always first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There'd be barely any point in rolling take, at that uh, point. Take right? alert then as well. Or take a, take alert. Oh my God. Take, a, <laughs> take alert and you're on a, a 21 bonus and then take lucky because that uh, uh, technically an initiative roll is an ability check and you can re-roll ability checks with lucky so then even if you roll a one you can be like no i'm just gonna re-roll that with lucky yeah. and you're gonna get like fucking you can hit the 40s with that <laughs> it's so stupid um but like i, I really like it the name makes me laugh i'll admit at least 50 percent the way i like it is the name makes me laugh but it is also like mechanically really good and it did jump out to me oh, because yeah. i do dm for a swashbuckler and him getting to add his charisma to his initiative a lot of the time he's the first one up um particularly because that's a dex class as well uh but yeah do you want to take the other one which i'm sure you're gonna i'm pretty sure the other one you're going to talk about here uh oh well i had a couple ones a couple things that jumped out of me by all means man take it away well uh okay considering we so did this... just shit on it for about five minutes it's not terrible so basically your speed is 30 you get the hair trigger thing which is really really cool that's like because again no matter what class everyone wants higher mm -hmm. initiative Everyone wants higher initiative. Um, they have uh, what's that? Leporine, leporine, leporine. Le senses? Leporine, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, proficiency in perception. I, I, I almost always take proficiency in perception. Almost always because I like my characters to be aware of what's going on, so people can't get the drop on me. Um, but then uh, the next one is uh, this one isn't actually bad. I kind of like this. Um, this is lucky footwork. I really um, like this one actually. This, this, yeah. this is the highlight of the entire um, like uh, race for me. Um, is, is this? One yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, so whenever you fail a dex saving throw, you can use your reaction to roll a d4 and add it to the result, potentially turning the failure into, into a success. There's no limit on that. You Every single time, as long as you have a, a reaction in that turn, you can just choose to roll a d4 on top of whatever dex save you're making. That's really, really good. Now, a d4 isn't huge, but that's the potential. That's the difference between making a deck save and not making a deck save. Hell yeah. That's a that's a really, really good ability, um, along with the hair trigger thing, I think, make for a, a very good... Obviously, with, I, yeah. I guess the kind of theme is that rabbits are always uh, aware of their surroundings and, and quick like, to get out of, out of danger. I mean, it's... it's Well, like, I, I it's, a, it's a pun on the lucky rabbit's foot as well. Oh no! I got it. I got yeah, that. Yeah. Sorry, I was like, I was just it's like, called lucky I... footwork. Man. I know. Give me some credit. I know. <laughs> um, I but think... I mean, like, it's it's kind of about. I I feel like rabbits are very quick to you know if they're ever out grazing or whatever. If a rabbit hears a noise, they're right back into the burrow, you know. And I feel like that sense of them yeah. avoiding danger at all costs between the hair trigger, the perception skill, and the lucky footwork. I feel like the three of those are like this is a super perceptive, super quick to avoid danger or get himself out of trouble kind of race and i, I like it I, I, it's it's not the worst thing okay the next ability i have qualms with <laughs> qualms is the word i've chosen how very um diplomatic of you <laughs> yeah so the next one's called rabbit hop naturally rabbits uh, jumping all that not uh, bunny once hop, like not funny hop no it's rabbit hop uh <laughs> uh once uh during each of your turns when you walk at least five feet you can you can roll a second. You can hop, rolling a d12 and moving that many feet in a direction of your choice. This extra distance doesn't cost movement, but you can hop only if your speed isn't zero. 
Okay, so the, okay, that just for that last line, you can hop only if your speed isn't zero. That's to get just to avoid you hopping away from a grapple. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That makes sense. I get. I get why that line's there. Why a D twelve? Like I mean, oh, uh, I know. mechanically, because there are there's twelve inches in a foot. Maybe. <laughs> what? I feel like I just broke you with that. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? What? Is this another rabbit foot joke? Are you making a rabbit foot no, joke here? No, or? Like, I, 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 I don't know. I was just throwing a guess out there. Maybe it's because there are 12 inches in the foot. Yeah, but it's 12 feet you can move. But anytime you... Like any, any, I'm not saying uh, it makes increment. sense, right? I'm just, I'm just okay, throwing okay. shit out there. <laughs> because because all, all movement in D&D is incremental by 5 feet. Mm-hmm. So... Like, and so, like, you could roll a d12, but, I mean, if you get a 12, that's just going to round down to a 10 anyway. It's basically telling you that once on each of your turns, as long as you move 5 feet, you can then move an additional up to 10 feet. It might as well just give you extra movement. It's it's a weird... It's just, it's just worded very strangely. Because it's in you can jump, right? Mm. I mean, okay... For the very rare occasion, for the very rare occasion that you're in combat or something like that, and you need to run and jump over a gorge or something like that, this will potentially do it. However, it it only doesn't cost movement if that jump is less than 10 feet, or 10 feet or less. Because otherwise you'll have to use your strength mod or your, uh, what's it, your strength score to determine how far you can move and you need to move 10 feet for that, and it's a whole other mechanic. In which case, it does use your movement. I just feel this is a really weird thing. I don't see myself ever using all that often. Am I, am I wrong on that? Do you, do you see a, a way that this is useful, or you could use it in conjunction with a long jump? Because the um, what they ask you to do for a long jump is you need to move at least ten feet. It just says move at least ten feet in a, in, a, in a straight in a in a single direction before you take the jump. So you could do uh, five feet move, rabbit hop another ten, and then long jump your strength score. Could you use it in conjunction with the same jump? So if you move 10 feet and then it's, jump... It's, it's not counted as a jump, it's movement. So like, your rabbit hops, and once during each your turns and you walk at least 5 feet, so you go 5 feet, you can hop, you roll, yeah. a, roll a d12, and say you get a 12, you round that down to a 10, so you move another 10 feet. So you've now moved, okay. you've now moved, you've now covered 15 feet in a straight line in your turn, which covers the, what you need to do to do a long jump. So it's, once you finish that, you can literally go like, step, hop, long jump. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So, okay. I can. I. I. Are you kind of saying that the the potential ten feet you get from this could be the ten feet you like, use for a, a then long jump? Yeah. Like you've like what I'm okay. saying. Like that's what I'm saying. You can literally do like an Olympics style hop, skip, and a jump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like cause you can you can I run guess, like yeah. five feet, hop ten, and then you've covered fifteen, and when you land after hop, boom, another. Say you've twenty strengths. You just run. You just jump another twenty feet. And that jo- and the kind of yeah, I suppose the good thing there is that also just the idea a- of like a super hench rabbit just bounding across the battlefield after <laughs> someone is absolutely Incre- incredible Hulk style where oh, you're just like yeah. bouncing between things. Yeah, but I, okay. I, I, in that in that case, I can see it. I can see it there because technically you've moved ten <laughs> feet, which is the only requirement for a long jump. You need mm. to move at least ten feet, and if you do this hop and you roll a, a 10, 11, or twelve. Maybe okay. Maybe you, don't even maybe... Need to. you can roll five and upwards on the dice. Will cover. Will get you over the ten feet for the long jump. Anything over five is a bonus. Well, well, yes, because yeah, as long as you get a five, because you, I mean, you have to move I... five feet first, and then you can hop. So you could literally go like, 
I take I move one step forward that covers me for the hop and then I roll say you get a five on your d12 all right I hop another five feet that's 10 feet in a direction covered then I'm long jumping up my 20 strength score another 20 so you can cover 30 feet with it only costing you 20 feet of movement so here's an alternative um you you could because again I, I feel the wording is very complex and it's a bit strange and a d12 makes no sense because again you can't jump 12 feet you can you can jump 10 you can jump five you can't jump 12 feet mm. alternative uh what if you just said that um for the purposes of long jumps and high jumps uh rabbit folk get an extra 10 an extra five feet high on high jumps and an extra 10 feet long on, on long jumps yeah I, like i do think there's definitely cleaner ways you could do it but like i, I think that like you could still get some value out of it i think it's more of it but i think it isn't it isn't like uh it isn't it isn't lucky footwork like i'll put it that way yeah, yeah or, or hair yeah. trigger for that matter yeah. um yeah absolutely i like, don't get me wrong it's not it's just a bit wordy and kind of convoluted and where i feel like like i said if you just say hey whenever uh, this this particular race of rabbit folk make a high jump they get a bonus of five feet to the height whenever they do a long jump they get a bonus of 10 because then you kind of incorporate the fact that rabbits hop and jump places and stuff but uh, it's not quite as broken as saying they get double like mm-hmm. like casting the jump spell on themselves at will or something like that that would yeah. be very broken that'd be crazy um but cool that that's pretty much everything we've gone through there in the um in the actual fey folk stuff there's a lot of like i think it's cool that they're doing it i also think this definitely signals that we're going to get a fey book pretty soon which i i i've been saying for fucking I, I, okay i don't want to be the guy who's like i've been saying this all along but i have um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I i mean i was saying we've never actually done a proper fey mm-hmm. adventure um it makes sense for... as well after um tasha's cauldron do the uh oh yeah definitely yeah yeah actually there's a lot of fey based subclasses and stuff in that so yeah totally there you could do it would make sense to kind of hand people that and be like here you can make characters that are fey based and then do an actual fey arc because uh, I, I said it I, I don't know if i said it on the podcast i said it at some point i really want a book that breaks down the different courts and yeah. it probably probably in the same way that we're, of what we're going to get now with van richten's guide in terms of the shadow fell i would like uh, a similar well that's yeah but I would like a similar thing for the Feywild, where it's like, here's the Sealy and the Unsealed Court, and here's how to do, it, and here's the various uh, uh, arch Fey that you might run into or encounter. And mm-hmm. if you're maybe if you're a, a a patron of this particular arch Fey, you don't have to be a warlock necessarily. But maybe if if you get a patronage of this arch Fey, maybe they give you these boons in the same way you can get those uh, dark boons or whatever we talked about. Yeah, the dark two gifts. Weeks ago? Yeah, there's a uh, God yeah. boons and Theros and dark gifts are coming out with um, Vedrickens. So maybe you could do a, a similar Fey boons or Fey gifts thing fey blessing. for this, you know? The Fey are known for blessings and curses, so you could do both. Yeah, I think so. I think that'd be really cool. Um, again, I don't hate the rabbit foot that much. I give it a lot. It's just more the the idea of a rabbit person. I don't see fitting in my world. That's just me. Mechanically, they're actually pretty good, bar the kind of weird nature of the last uh, ability. But other than that, hair trigger, uh, Laporine senses. And lucky footwork are three solid features for mm-hmm. any, any race, you know. And like, um, you can, I pretty, I, I'd, I'd imagine you could use these with the origin editor thing as well if from uh, Tasha's. Like, so if you don't, like, you can probably swap a lot of these things out, move things around, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, potentially. You could yeah. even create your own origin if you want. Like, you just basically actually just use more to add to if you want to do like a custom homebrew race, like, mm-hmm. like uh, badger folk or something. <laughs> Okay, is is it weird that I'm like rabbit folk? That's dumb. But badger folk is it? Is it because badgers are like walking TV factories? 
Well, uh, it's more so because badgers are. I, have you ever played? Uh, is it? I want to say it's Far Cry Four. <laughs> so it's it's based in like. Or is it because so honey badgers would fucking go after anything? That, that, that's, that's what it was. They're honey badgers. So like you could run into tigers and all these other really dangerous animals in that. But so help you if a honey badger comes after you because they move so fast and they're so small you can't shoot them. But then they also fuck you up immensely because they're so savage. Honey badgers yeah. are lethal. They go for the balls um, as well. They go right for the balls. They know what they're doing. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Um, anyway, but let's try let's move it away from testicular tails. Um, Speaking of balls, uh, Martin, <laughs> what's our next topic? <laughs> <laughs> A load of bollocks. Um, no, hey. I, uh, I thought it'd be, after we've gone through that, I thought it's probably about time that we actually did get down to talking about like character creation. And uh, I yep. thought it'd be cool if we had a bit of a chat about like how do we actually approach character creation um this was as a, this was requested by um someone who plays in my group steve my rogue um and he uh he actually he tweeted us on, on twitter and asked us to go through character creation because it's something that only happens that's what he said was it's something that only happens once um but it can have very very significant effects on your character for the entire way through um from one to yeah. twenty um and it's and like yeah a lot of time it is pretty quickly covered over um so I, he was thinking it might be good he would enjoy hearing us kind of talk a bit about that so um i i kind of wrote down some some quick notes just about how i kind of approach things first um and i thought we could kind of go back and forth about how exactly we do it so like when i'm approaching character creation a lot of the time i'll i'll usually have a root of an idea either it'll be i will have seen something in a show or a book or um a game that i was like that would make a really cool x and I'm going to like translate this idea into D and D, or other times I will see a specific D and D class or subclass that will come up and be like, "Oh, I need to play this. This is the character I make around it." Um, what about you? Uh, I I'm kind of in a similar boat. Um, I a lot of my ideas come from that. Like like I'll see a person or a thing in in some sort of show or book or game or something like that, and I'll think to myself, how can I adapt? How can I adapt that? Or how can I make that into a character in D and D? Because I think mm-hmm. it might be very interesting. Um, that's one thing I do. Two things I do that I think kind of encompass a lot of my character creation. One is that I, and it's less relevant now because we don't tie. Uh, it's still kind of relevant, but it's less relevant just because we don't tie. Um, uh, stats to races anymore but I used to like playing against type yeah. uh, which is to say for those who don't know uh, when you play against type you basically pick a race that doesn't necessarily that gets bonuses that don't necessarily go towards your class so for example you could play um, a goliath barbarian wizard and you get bonuses to strength and con the con would help the strength wouldn't necessarily help a wizard so uh, it, it it's just kind of it's a little extra challenge um, but it's I, I like it because it's unusual. It kind of breaks uh, molds. And typically, you think of a human or elf wizard, and they're scrawny and mm. they have a pointy hat. But what if you just had this like wizard that had a bunch yeah. of shit all tattoos? He was muscular as hell. Uh, yeah, right. and he and he did like a full metal alchemist thing where he like oh like oh okay you've been to full metal. There's a, car- a character I'm, I'm full metal. I'm familiar enough with it. Is it scar? Do you know scar? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, what if you had a thing where like you like all your tattoos on your arms were like your way of inscribing spells on yourself, and then you do a full on like full metal clap thing to activate your magic, and you're you're absolutely ripped, uh, just a boot as well. Uh. I was you you might as well. I was like trying to stop myself from laughing while you were talking about it. It's only because literally yesterday I came across a meme that was like this really shredded wizard casting a lightning bolt out, and like there was someone like cowering beside him. And it was like, shut up, let's go do wizard stuff and get buffed. 
I always think of that one. It's 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 uh, styled like really old fashioned D and D, like from the eighties and stuff. The mm. kind of artwork from there, um, and it's a wizard. And he's got the hat. And he's got like just the lower robes, but his chest is on show, and he's absolutely <laughs> yeah. shredded. And he's like, I cast punch. <laughs> yeah, muscle wizard casts fist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, but oh, like, yeah. Go on. You were talking about playing against type. Oh yeah, but that, that's just one thing I like to do because I feel like you get really interesting, weird results when you when you play against type when you try to. You don't do a tip like like you do a wood elf ranger, which is like a good build, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you decide to go again, uh, half orc uh, rogue, half orcs are big and bulky. But what if the, what if you had one that's actually really quiet and sneaky as well? That could be just really really mm. awesome, you know. Um, that's one thing I do. Another thing I do, I'm blanking on at the moment. What I do, I play against type, and there was something. Oh no, lost it again. You go. Okay. I've gen- my uh, mind is genuinely gone. I, I forgot the second point I was going to make. This is why I wrote notes because I knew that would happen to me if I started thinking about it. Because I'll just get caught up in like characters I've made before. It happens um, to me all the time, and I never learn my lesson. Yeah. So like I as in like I'll normally start with a concept. Like it'll either be like a thing I've seen that I want to emulate in D and D, or like oh that would make a really cool combo. It could be this and this, and that would be really cool. And we could do my own spin on that kind of a tale. Um, or it'll be like like when when we you said you were starting the game, I saw Vengeance Paladin as a subclass for Paladin and I went Connor I'm playing a Demon Slayer Vengeance Paladin <laughs> I was like it has to be done has to be done um, and that was awesome and I got to do the fill, fulfill that whole thing um, I think what I'd like to try and think about is like either like what kind of flavour do I want to have my, char- my character to have or what kind of a role do I see that character playing um, and I find that can often influence a lot of your mechanical decisions as well in terms of like classes and stuff like that or alignment or like although alignment isn't really a thing we stick super close to um, but like specifically classes mm-hmm. like if you're like if you're like okay I want to be like uh, like, like like an open warm friendly kind of person you might want to be like a healer or like the face of the, or, or like the face of the group and you can be like okay if, so if I'm if I'm going to play the healer then I'll, I'll be looking down like the cleric group maybe if I want to play face something with charisma maybe like a rogue or, or maybe like a rogue with high, high persuasion or um, just your your bard how did I not go to bard first um, or like yeah. bard or your sorcerer that or your paladin that's going to have high uh, high charisma to kind of do with that um, and that's kind of the way I, I, I kind of build from blocks up I, I'll usually start like with an idea and then I will just like pile stuff on it until the snowball is ready to roll downhill <laughs> uh, oh I can't remember if this is the point I was going to make or not but it's something similar I do I typically tend to follow a theme with a character as well I won't always do the most optimal build for the character but I will take feats and you know stats uh, and spells and stuff like that that I feel capture a certain thing so for example um, I've been thinking for a long time about playing a a storm sorcerer mm-hmm. of some kind. I don't know what race or anything yet, but uh, I I like I just like the class. I think it's really cool. But I just, that's because I really like that that storm uh, theme. The idea that you control wind and rain and lightning and thunder. Um, if I was to play that build, I would kind of purposely pigeonhole myself, and I would only take wind, lightning, and thunder based spells. I purposely wouldn't take fire. Maybe cold. You could you could argue mm. for cold. Oh, totally. But I purposely wouldn't take fire or acid or something, even though sorcerers can do all that, because I like the idea of staying on a theme or staying kind of within a realm of, of something, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then you that, can take that, that, that's uh, idea you, you can take the feet then that makes your lightning damage go through lightning resistance. Exactly, yeah, yeah. If you ha- if, if someone has resistance, you can still bypass that. I would abs- and I and I would. Uh, I also have another idea where I had a, another session or a sorcerer. <laughs> um 
that was uh, he's what's her called? Uh, Divine Soul, yeah, Divine Soul Sorcerer. Um, and I, I would take only radiant. I take radiant stuff from the cleric spell list, and I would take like uh, uh, fire stuff. And I had this idea of a guy who's like a bit of a, a fanatic, where he 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 quite literally tries to burn the sin out of people. Ooh, um, that's, it's, very it's ghost that's very ghostwriter. That's very very ghostwriter. Yeah, oh yeah, very very Ooh, much so. I like but that he's a lot. like that's like that's his uh, penance there. Like, is he he burns you? He burns your soul based on the um, the sins you've committed and the, and the guilt that you feel. It, that's why I like it doesn't this, work this on guy, the Punisher. <laughs> it doesn't work on the Punisher thing because he doesn't feel bad about anything he's done to anyone. <laughs> oh, that's oh, that's really cool. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but that's a character I've had in my back pocket for a long time. I was actually planning on using him in a campaign ages back. He was a, he was a cleric of light originally, mm -hmm. um, and then of course they released Divine Soul Sorcerer, and I'm like, oh, I can be a charisma based character, but also have all the spells from this entirely other class. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I'll do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and again, I would do the same thing. I would picture maybe just radiant and fire spells, and then I would take the same feat, but I would kind of stay on brand because I like the idea of that. Um, I, I purposely try to not make jack-of-all-trades characters because, you know, everyone has their results with this before. Everyone has their role in the party. Totally. Um, and you don't want to be the guy with your finger in all the pies, you know? Yeah, you don't There's want no to point be the one-man party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to be, I don't know, rogue is a good example because rogues uh, get out bards even because they your, get your an actual ability. Yeah. Yeah, they get a lot of skills. They get a lot of uh, ex expertise. Uh, Barts actually get an ability called Jack of All Trades. Yep. Um, so they they get a lot of things where they could potentially, you know, uh, take part in a lot of different things or, or have input in a lot of different situations. But I feel like when you're playing at a, a table with a group of people, it's important to be like, I know my role. I'm if I'm a Bard, I'm the charismatic guy, um, and I'm the diplomat, I'm the liar. Um, and maybe I'm a little bit sneaky on the side, and that's fine. I'm not going to be the guy physically forced. Even if I have great athletics, I'm not going to be the guy who's going to jump into the water to try and save, uh, I don't know, this person from drowning. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to be the person who, even though maybe my my maybe my religion is pretty decent, but maybe there's a cleric in the party. The cleric's got that. That's their job. Uh, I will maybe roll if I'm allowed to after they've already attempted it. But I know because I'm I'm the bard. That's their job. You know, kind of understanding people's roles and stuff like that. And I purposely, like, uh, I have a character who I'm playing at the moment named Renyolf. Renyolf has really, really bad decks. Actually, he's, like, he's, he's bad stats all around. His decks is, like, flat. His charisma is a 7. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he is... And the thing is, I, so I know I'm not the charismatic person. I'm, Which is actually weird because I'm playing in a, in a group where... Almost everybody, actually, I'm pretty sure everyone hasn't really played that much before ever, and I'm the most experienced person. So you would kind of think, oh, by default, you'd probably end up pushing the party and doing all this. I'm like, nope, I barely talk because my character has seven charisma. Yeah. I I have very little input, even though I'm sitting there going, I know what we should do right now, and we should do this. But Renyalf <laughs> wouldn't say that because yeah. Renyalf is basically a mute. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good thing to bring up as well during character creation is. Um... It's, it's not necessarily apply to but it's a good rule to stick by is with D&D try to think not what you would do but what your character would do a perfect example of this would be like uh, at the end of our session last week or the week before sorry we found an unfinished teleportation circle now some of the party were absolutely mad to, because we had the means to finish it. some of the party were absolutely mad to finish it and find out where it went and Martin the, the person Martin was dying to know where that went I so badly wanted to know where that went but Lug doesn't like magic in general, and he's suspicious of it. 
um, and specifically this weird like eldritch telepathic mind flare old god magic that we've been dealing with recently um, really kind of skews him out so like as much as I wanted to go and find out where that <laughs> fucking magic gate went Lug wasn't having any of it so I think it's a good thing to be like be aware of like the kind of character you're creating and how to express those traits um, that, that was that was the uh, that was the general consensus I think uh, for the whole party. Everyone was like, "Oh, mystery <laughs> portal! I want to go on the mystery portal!" But no yeah. one, no one thought their characters would actually make that decision. You're down the underdark. You've been down there for like a week. You're tired. You've just fought a beholder. You're not at full strength. All this other stuff. I mean, as players in a game, fuck yeah, I'm going to go into the next room and find <laughs> yeah. out what it is. But as as Characters yeah. who I need to con- you know be concerned with their own survival. If this was yeah. a video game, I would have finished the circle. I would have quick saved and I would have yeah. got it. <laughs> <laughs> Old quick save. Um, yeah. Cool, but yeah, that that's actually kind of randomly sidelong into a point that I had that I thought was a good thing, and it's something I try to do if I'm like not sure of how to build a character. If I'm like, so if you already have a concept, say you want to be like. So you want to be like someone who's not, not like super emotionally open, but is like trying to be better. Um, I think like a really good point to look at and I'm just giving that as an example um, would be like look at like Kratos from the most recent God of War mm. where he's so cold at the start but the whole story is a progression of his character and like even though for a large part of the game he's, he's <coughs> not even comfortable like he's not even comfortable like showing like physical affection he like he like he struggles to like put his hand on his son's shoulder and be like good job yeah like yeah uh, I think he barely that, speaks for the first, uh, oh, yeah. I'd say, a couple, two or three hours of the game. Like, Boy. yeah, that's all he says. Or he, or he'll just go like, "Come on!" Or he'll, he'll give a command. He yeah. rarely talks for the sake of talking. And then by the end of the game, he's having, he's talking to his son yeah. and having a conversation instead of just telling his son what to do. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's boy. a beautiful game. Oh, it's a beautiful game. But um, aside from how brilliant that story is, what I'm, what I kind of driving at is that like. They express the fact that he is closed, uh, cold and closed off because of what happened to him previously um, in his yeah. like physical actions and how he speaks to people and how he interacts with people. Um, like It's it's not like all this horrible shit has happened and he's still like, hey guys, how's it going? My name's Kratos, what can I do for you? Uh, he's <laughs> like, leave my home, leave me alone. Does, does Kratos right? work in a call center, does he? <laughs> uh, I don't know, maybe. Hi, my name is Kratos. I'll be your customer service assistant today. How can I help? <laughs> no, you, you, you want disemboweling. This is slaying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll transfer you. Let me put yeah. you on hold for just one moment. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> the call music is... Yeah, but what I mean is, like, if you're going to go for a specific like character archetype, look for character archetypes that in fiction you enjoy. Or even actual just people that you you know from like celebrities and stuff that are like that, and see how fiction is probably easier to do because they're constructed characters. But see how like their characters express through their actions and try and follow that through when you create a character is what I, I get. It's probably the less long winded way of saying it. Yeah, there's a another thing actually just came to mind there when you were saying that there's don't feel or do it's entirely like it's entirely up to you, but uh, your statistics when you're making your character um don't necessarily have to inform who you play in terms of role play mm-hmm. i mean don't get me wrong if your character has like an 11 strength you're not going to be the person lifting boulders and stuff like that but and maybe for decks as well you're not going to be the particularly sneaky person but in terms of like charisma wisdom intelligence um just because you have a low int stat doesn't mean your character is walking around 
you know, banging a frying pan against his head like an idiot. Yeah. Um, you can still play a character who's reasonable and sensible, yeah. but just like like for me, charisma has always meant um, that you're you're book smart, that you've read a lot of books. Or, what do you mean intelligence? But that's necess- sorry, intelligence. You said charisma no, means your oh, charisma, oh, sorry, charisma sorry, means yeah. your book smart. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. Intelligence, yes, intelligence. Um, intelligence, yeah, is definitely that you are book smart and you you're well read. It doesn't like. It doesn't mean that you're the most sensible person, though. For me, that's wisdom. Wisdom mm-hmm. is the sensible, the common sense kind of yes. stat. But even then, you could have a low wisdom, but still be a reasonable person. Just because you have a low wisdom doesn't mean that you're going to do something really, yeah. really stupid. Like just means you'd be uh, naive. Or... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, maybe uh, I'm just saying you don't have to adhere strictly mm-hmm. to them. It can be fun sometimes to lean into it. Like, like I said, I have a, a seven for charisma. With uh, with Renyoff, most of his conversations end with him going, uh, uh and just walking away. <laughs> <laughs> he, someone will say something, and he's either uncomfortable or he doesn't know how to respond to that, and he'll just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. Um, yeah, no, that's good. Uh, Connor, what would you say to a little character creation challenge so we can kind of show people how we work when we're trying to think of a, a thing? Uh, so what a challenge i was not prepared for this i know it's was a... that believable did you believe that will they buy it i don't know doubt sold them down yes yeah. this is the this is the first time i am hearing about this well it doesn't matter if it's the first or the second or the millionth time you've heard about it because it'll be the first time you hear what i picked for you so that's uh, true we, we do not know what each other is gonna yeah. what we're gonna pick so for myself other. and connor have picked a race class and background for each other and we're gonna throw those three at the person and then what we say like uh uh, yeah, we won't put a timer. We'll say like as, as fast as you as can, fast you get, as you you can get, build yeah, yeah. build like the shell of or the frame of a character from these three things. Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of backstory, maybe some some ways that you would spec the character or something like that. But you don't have to go into massive detail. But yeah, do you uh, who, do you want to go first or will I? Uh, you're the host. Okay, I'll go first. So, <laughs> uh, so Connor, your race is half orc. Okay, your. Uh, I'm going to leave the class to the last because it'll be funny. Uh, your okay. background is charlatan. And okay. You can choose either the standard one or the Baldur's Gate one. I'll leave that up to you. Um, and your class is wizard. Wizard, charlatan, half-orc. Okay. Okay. So, he is... First of all, he's going to be... Oh, oh he's going to be uh, an evocation wizard, okay. right? Um. And he worked. Oh, he worked as an accountant for the mob. Oh, right? he I was, love it. He was the guy cooking the books. So yeah. he's a smart guy. He gets numbers. He gets math and all that kind of stuff. You know. So when he eventually came across some like magical uh, books and stuff like that, uh, spell books, he he looked at them. He's like, hey, I, I get the math. I get the calculations required to cast these spells and all that. Started fooling around with it when he was young and still kind of just up and coming in the mob. Um, and then when he became an adult. He was a full-fledged wizard. He 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 studied privately by himself, uh, and now he's like an enforcer for the mob. And he's the guy he brings in when it's like it's like I need you to give me the money because I have the books. I got the books right here. Look, you owe us this much for your your uh, your what you what's it called uh, when you pay protection, oh, uh, racket. protection racket. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you owe us this much gold for your protection racket, and uh, and if you don't, if you don't, <laughs> fire in the hand. <laughs> Uh, if you don't pay, this is going to happen. And then if someone doesn't pay, it's a fireball through their window. I like it. So he's uh, so yeah, he is the the uh, accountant slash enforcer for the mob, uh, half orc, uh, 
and his name is uh, his name his name is Grunt. Grunt. Oh, I like it. Yeah, his name is Grunt. He's uh, and, and he doesn't actually have. He grew up on the streets, so he doesn't have a real name. That's just a nickname people gave him because he's just a little Grunt. That's all he is. Um, Grunt uh, and he's kept this name as well. Grunt. I like it. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I like it. Not, it also implies like Joe. He was small and he's younger. So he was the Runt as well. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he was just a still the still guy they brought him in. He could he could write, which is you know not a, not everyone on the streets can do that. So they're like, look, kid, we'll put you in charge of doing the books, all right? And he grew up doing that, uh, and then yeah, from there became uh, became the one of the enforcers because he uh, you know like I said, some some books came across his table. They were spell books, and he took he took it from there. Very cool. All right, hit me your best shot. Okay, uh, my notes. Okay, so I got. <laughs> okay, so first of all, I'm gonna go for the race. Race okay. is lizard folk. Ooh, I like lizard folk. All right. Uh, your background is shipwright. Cool. Uh, and your class is artificer. Oh, oh man, I already got a great idea for this. So, um, do you know the way there are those marine iguanas that live on live on rocks in and and dive into the ocean? In the in the, in the Galapagos, Galapagos, yeah, so yeah. Straight away when you said lizard folk shipwright, that's immediately what came to my mind. He lives on a, a, as on a tropical island where he lives out on the rocks and the shoals, and people bring their ships in to be repaired by uh, this like specialty uh, specialty organization of lizard folk uh, noted shipwrights. And said so the, the class was artificer, correct? Yeah, so one one day the one day uh, this what what would be a good lizard folk name? Salazar. Salazar, like us, yeah. <laughs> well, one, one one day Salazar is working on uh is is working on a ship from uh would say like Eberron or something like that. Cool, cool, yeah. And uh, while he's cleaning it up, a, a piece of it falls out, falls out, uh, like it falls off overboard and lands in front of me. Kind of, it's like an arcane core or something like that. And uh, after fixing the ship, he kind of like stows that away, and he spends the next like week or so just tinkering with it, working on it, and then eventually, kind of uses his money from making shipwright stuff to gather more and more resources, and eventually makes a whole like mechanical helper for himself. That's like this like mechanical spider that climbs up the rigging and fixes it for him, so he doesn't have to climb up the rigging in the ship. Oh, I love that. Oh, and is uh, so he's he's uh, what's what's it called? Uh, what's the subclass of, of artificial? Uh, where you get the battlesmith. Battlesmith. So he's he a battlesmith? Uh, I guess. <laughs> I just thought I just thought <laughs> the idea of like a robot spider to help you fix like tall um, riggings of ships would be a cool idea. I do like that. That's really really cool. Uh, I, yeah, I love the idea of uh, of of there being like just lizard folk. That, I love the Gal- the Galapagos uh, marine iguana thing. That's yeah, really really cool. That's... We were only talking about a while ago about having varying uh, species of lizards or whatever inspire your lizard folk. I, I uh, that's really was, really cool. It's because. Um, so you, when you said lizard, for some reason you said lizard folk, I just immediately thought Godzilla, um, and yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then it's terrible. But I know the nineties Godzilla or Zilla as it's actually known was based off of um, the marine iguanas from the Galapagos Islands. So when you said yes. that, I was like, oh, that like the image of them on the rocks is already in my head. And then you said they were shipwrights; those turned into humanoid lizards chilling out in the yeah, rocks yeah. between their ships while while a ship is in the background waiting to be fixed. And I like the idea of this little uh, this little community of lizard folk that live on a tropical island, uh, but it's not like maybe a popular trading route. Yeah. So ships know to come in if they get hit by a storm or whatever. They know to come in because these local people will will do decent repairs for a cheap enough price. Yeah, it's um, like a it's like a small island off the coast of like a major port, and like it they yeah. they, they take the excess like shipwright work that the port on the mainland can't. 
I like that. I like that a lot. We need to play. Uh, we need to play Salazar and Grunt in a party. <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> but yeah, that was that. That was my best one. Uh, that oh god, those would be so fun already. I, I I'm sorry. I I'm impressed by both of us right now because those are great character <laughs> concepts right there. <laughs> yeah, so I guess we're pretty good and we're uh, forced to improvise a, a bit. Um, Improv is one of the best yeah. skills you need in D and D. Oh god, it's so unnecessary. Um, but there is there's one character concept that I have and you know I me mean? like I'm it's it's one I'm keeping in the background I think it's going to be my first full spellcaster that I ever play uh, I've talked right. about I've talked to you about it before but I think it'd be a fun one to, so it was such a stupid idea that so it'd be a moon druid right okay circle of the moon druid so you can change it to all the animals and the elementals and all that stuff as you level um, and like the normal I, I was because I was trying to think of like what spellcasters normally I go I, I prefer like martial or martial land spellcasting so I was like what would yeah. make him play a spellcaster and I was like do you know what druids are really cool like turning into animals is really cool you've lots of spells um, if you go moon druid you can turn into like a fire elemental and, and call down lightning on someone like that's just so cool I was like okay yeah I'd probably play a druid and I was like what way would I like to play a druid and then like Moon Druid, your your thing like normally is almost like a Pokemon style adventure where you're you're going out to see all of these animals and become the best druid at the best wild shape or ever. And I was like, I, like I want to learn lots of wild shapes, so I want to do it in a slightly different way. I was like, ah, oh, what if I did like a Steve Irwin Circle of the Moon Druid who just wants oh, to go yes. out and wants to find the last Tarrasque and preserve it and for for conservation reasons because we can't let this species die out. That'd be a really, really I, I love that because I've said this before. Uh, I love druids, but I find it so difficult to break the mold mm. of I'm a hippie elf living in the forest, uh, and you know I wear furs and have twigs sticking out of my hair and stuff. I find it so difficult to break that mold. That's a really good take on on them. The idea of being someone who is uh, what you call them. Uh, what's, what's someone who's yeah. There's not a word for someone who studies animals and stuff like that. Zoologist, yeah. So you're like, a, you could almost be a zoologist, yeah, take like a totally. a scholar background or something like that. No, like, but like, full, really I cool. would play it like full on Steve Irwin Druid. Like the the party gets attacked by a wyvern, like, oh yeah, it's a wyvern, isn't she a beauty? <laughs> <laughs> and there's this huge like head is is coming up and snapping at you, and you're like, oh, she's a little bit violent. <laughs> I get like I get like the barb whipped into my stomach, and I'm like, can you see this here? She's pumping loads of venom into me. <laughs> fascinating I, that'd be really really good i'd love that um uh, well you, you, first you, uh, spellcaster <laughs> I, I look forward to it i look forward to it uh you made a or you mentioned that having the spider i love the idea of the spider you mentioned for mm. salazar going up and, and and fixing the rigging and stuff like that because i, I love the idea of having, having like a, a spool of rope instead of uh yeah, it's steel wire it, it, yeah yeah so well you know i mean instead of steel wire or instead of uh uh like web it's just rope and then if they need to they'll climb up and they'll tie the rope and they'll make more lashings or repair things using the spool of rope they have but um i had a similar concept for uh i don't know what race i think i was thinking of dwarf or something like that but i i hadn't the character fully sussed out in my head but someone who was a um uh, a captain of a ship uh but they were the captain but they didn't actually steer the ship mm -hmm. they were uh a battlesmith mm. and then their steel defender was the helmsman so oh, they would give so commands cool. to the steel defender and they could be down on the, uh, anywhere else on the deck doing whatever they need to uh and they'd be yell up to the steel defender and it, it looks like a person it's shaped like a human um uh, and it's kind of like uh how would you put it yeah you know like in uh in 
uh, Solo. Uh, uh, have you seen Solo? Ah, oh, okay. I heard, it, I have. heard it was um, pretty trash, so I kind of avoided it. It's an amazing movie, and I'll die on that hill. <laughs> um, it's a really, really good movie. It, 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 the biggest part it fails on is just that it does way too much fan service, and it tries to go, hey, remember that time you heard this one minor thing about Han Solo? Well, here's the origin of that. And you're like, I didn't, I didn't need to know. You could have just, okay, fine. And like, honestly, if it wasn't a Han Solo movie, it would just be a great Star Wars film because it'd just be a fun romp through the Star Wars universe. Yeah. But anyway, that's not, that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, like, almost like a, a there's basically a Lando Calrissian is in the movie. Mm. He has a, uh, Phoebe, Phoebe Waller Bridge plays a droid, his droid in it, and she's his co pilot. Um, and I kind of got the idea from that, the idea of having this this droid that is your co-pilot and you're the captain and you could be given the commands and all that stuff but the helms your helmsman is your that's really is your cool. droid or your your uh what's it called the steel defender that follows yeah. you around oh yeah when you said that as well i thought of, i've only seen like two episodes of the mandalorian the first two episodes but it's the one do you know when he goes into the gunfight and there's that like really old rusty looking droid and it's like like it's, and it's, yeah, it's, just, it. it's just shooting off yeah. in all directions that, yeah, it was yeah. Just, it was really like that's an artificer in the steel defender right there. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, and again, again, that that'd be that'd be like the ideal uh, kind of. I I think that'd be really really cool. I I thought more not so much on a boat, but on like an airship for me. Mm. Uh, it, just in sticking with the yeah. flying Millennium Falcon Ooh, theme and all I that. That's really good idea as well. The um the spider that Salazar has, it collapses down and like attaches on over his shoulders like a backpack when it's not up in the rigging. That'd be really cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I'd imagine it'd look kind of like, do you know the replicators or the replicants? For, replicators from Syria? Replicators. Replicants it's you mentioned that because I've been, uh, yeah. yes, right, yes. Uh, I've been watching tons of stuff from Stargate recently because I haven't watched it in years and I, I came across a couple of clips on YouTube and now my entire YouTube suggested feed is just uh, clips from Stargate SG1 oh, uh, and some from Atlantis as well. And I'm like, oh, man, they were such jam good shows. Atlantis was great. I love Atlantis. Atlantis was really, really great. Atlantis got a... Uh, uh, I, I love SG One. Uh, Atlantis was, I, I, I would say, equally Atlantis as good. Atlantis has Babby Jason Momoa. People don't fucking know this. People are like, "Oh, look, it's Cal Drogo." No, no, man, no, motherfucker. It's Ronan Dex. <laughs> That's Ronan Dex you're talking about. Uh, he had he had a sword. His and last a trench name coat. was Dex as well. Jesus. Yeah, he had a sword and a trench coat and a beard and dreadlocks, and, and then he had this room. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere and he had a revolver style there's a character build for you yeah. he had a revolver Ooh. style red energy pistol oh he would be a really good blood hunter that'd be oh yeah that'd be really cool actually mm-hmm. oh there, there's, could, a, um, there's an extra you could, build you could infuse your gun with uh, your crimson red and that's the red so the fire damage is your is the red for it yeah oh I do I do uh, I do love Stargate and uh, oh People, it, people don't know it though. Everyone's like, nah, he's Cal Drogo. He'll always be Ronan Dex to me. Thank you very much. I think it's the thing, like, once you start playing D&D for long enough, every time you see someone cool in anything, you're like, oh, they'd be a, they'd be like a, like, that, that, that's definitely like a conquest paladin. Like, ooh. Oh, that's <laughs> you know? everything I do. Yeah. Man, I, I, I'm even like, I, I, you know, I've started watching, oh, actually, okay. I started watching Naruto, you know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been watching it for a while now. Um, every time I see a character, I'm like, oh, um, I'm like, that, that character could be built this way, or you could do this, or you play this type of monk, or play this type of rogue, or whatever. Um, like, I'd, if I was to play uh, Shikamaru, I'd do, a shadow, oh, okay. uh, I'd do a shadow monk, but I'd mix in some wizard in there, because he's really, really smart. I'd mix in some wizard, and I'd take, I'd take uh, spells like Hold Person, uh, so that you could do, essentially, you could flavor it that you're doing the shadow mm-hmm. hold, but it's, it's a whole person spell. Uh, and you could do to- tons of stuff like that to make the 
the character are really really cool Rackley and um, White Guy are very obviously way the open hand monk <laughs> oh yeah and, yeah and nothing but yeah just straight 20 levels way the open hand monk um yeah so uh, i mean i'm always that's pretty much what i do the whole time that's again we're talking about character development or character creation mm-hmm. um uh yeah i i often get inspired by people or things i see in the world uh in like other forms of media and stuff like sure. that um and it's totally fine to like copy characters but i would say it's just like put your own spin on them like if you want to be batman yeah. be batman but like don't like don't do the full on my parents were shot in an alley behind the theater when i was leaving and, and like and my yeah, butler, yeah. And my butler or, or the me. voice yeah. <laughs> Uel Falcone's cage. Oh god. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So yeah, definitely put your own spin on it. Try to make the character your own. Um, try to meld or mash characters together yes. as well. Um, that character I talked I talked to you about uh, a while ago. Uh, about the the sorcerer, the divine soul sorcerer. Mm. He started off as a cleric, and then he became a divine soul sorcerer because I like the idea of him being more charisma based. But then I also there's this other guy who is in. Uh, Dragon Age 2 I can't remember his name he's one of the, uh, the wizards or one of the mages you get and he has like so the, the lore of Dragon Age is a bit weird there is demons of good and bad things but they're all kind of classed as demons Right. so d- d- different vices and, and virtues that you can have and this guy has what he thinks I think I, I had to look it up again it's been a long time since I played it uh, he has this basically this demon that's in his head but it's a demon of like what he thinks is justice but it's actually like a vengeance demon. Um, so he, like, you know, he'll kill bad people and stuff like that. And he, he feels like, well, they were criminals or they were murderers. So they had, they had a common, they kind of had a common, you know? No but it's more about this demon. Yeah. And his demon will just take over from time to time uh, and just, just massacre people, you know? Um, and that kind of came into, uh, rolled into that character as well. I had this idea for something separate. And then it kind of rolled in this other thing where I might take like a couple levels into. Uh, the divine warlock mm-hmm. um to to represent the bond that i have with this this outer being or whatever yeah and I think, um oh, sorry um no go on, I, I, go on. I, I, okay so what, what i was just gonna say it's, it's something it's it's leading on from what you were saying and how like you you know like you essentially reshape the character to better suit what you like you you, you it's like you, basically like you do a second draft and you edit out what you don't like yeah you, yeah you, definitely you refine yeah. the thing down um you can continue to do that past character creation once your character has been made that doesn't like if you make a character and that character stays the same at level one and is the same at level 20, I don't think you've gotten the full experience out of playing that character. You should try and have that character grow in some way and it should, and the story should grow and it should cause a, a change in effect like that. I think, and like, I think that's where character creation can continue later on in that, like, you can, like, if, if there is an area of your backstory that you have not fleshed out or explored, you can just have a chat with your DM and be like, hey, I'd really like to get into this. This is my idea for it. I think it could be a good idea. Like, have a chat with them. Don't be like, don't give them, like, this is how this goes, this is how this goes, this is how this goes. Go. This is the an idea I have, a concept I have. Do you think we could do something like this and let them run wild? The best example I can give of that is, so, like, Magneto from the X-Men. Phenomenal yeah. character. Shades of grey, really complex but very much a, an enthralling character to watch, just do whatever, good or bad, either way. Uh, one of the most interesting things about Magneto is that as a mutant, he's also a Holocaust survivor. So, mm. like, as a mutant, he has seen the worst of what you... Ma- as, as He is a mutant who has also experienced what the worst humanity can do to each other is. So he, yeah. he comes at this idea of, no, we can't peacefully live with humans as mutants from that perspective. And that's such a good perspective 
That wasn't added in until way after Magneto was made. That was written in by an entirely different writer who created Magneto. Like, that that was added later. But now, if you think about Magneto and you see it in the movies now, that's so perfect. And, like, I think that's a good example of, like, you can retcon or fix things or just rearrange things as you go. Even, like, character creation is not the end, is, I suppose, what the point I'm trying to make. is like, make your character, but continue to improve them as you go through. Yeah, exactly. And be, I, I, I often like the idea of, uh, of being open to uh, taking different directions with a character, as in, like, uh, for example, uh, so Renyolf, who I'm playing at the moment, uh, Renyolf actually died. We were yeah. not even level 3, we were level 2, um, and Renyolf ended up dying. Um, and actually, myself and another character both died in the same session. It was a grim session. Jesus. Um, but, uh, but I talked it over with uh with gav and stuff and, and we were talking about like gav was he's like well right off was like one of the characters i really enjoyed because I, I thought you had a really cool backstory and i kind of wanted to explore that and then we kind of talked about it and we kind of decided right maybe there's a way he can come back but it's not going to be super you know it's not going to be a case of there'll be a cost basically is what i'm trying to say there'll be a cost of him coming back he won't just be able to come back and be fine and dandy there's there's a cost to this and i won't go into too much I'm pretty sure Irene listens to the podcast, and one of my favorite things about Gavin's game is how how much Irene guesses uh, and tries to figure out stuff about my character and other characters, and I purposely give her nothing to wreck her head. Um, but uh, <laughs> Love it. but basically, basically there there was like deals that needed to be struck uh, mm. with uh, with Renyov as a result of him coming back, and he has he has this, there's one big thing he has to do. Um, but also I've made some changes I kind of threw at Gavin and said look I think if I was to come back maybe he'd be kind of like angrier like he died in combat and maybe he feels I don't know also he came back and another character didn't maybe he feels guilty about that and that manifests in rage and he's not an angry character to begin with in fact he's quite stoic even in a fight he treats a fight like uh, or he did he, he treats a fight like almost like a dance like a choreographed dance like he knows when someone moves this way i move this way and it's all very logical to him but since he's come back now we've only had one proper fight since he came back but he was he was merciless in that fight and it's i i don't i didn't play him that way before but i am i'm playing him that way going forward until i can find a way for his character to find a resolution for his anger and for mm -hmm. his guilt um and I'll, I'll be open to that, but also I'm open to the idea that maybe he doesn't. Maybe he actually descends further, depending on what happens. Maybe he starts taking on more baggage or whatever. And I'm open to the idea of the character going a lot of different ways. And I think something you can do, and it's not going to be fun for you as a player, and it's not going to be fun for your DM, and it's ultimately going to... This misalignment is ultimately going to end up with uh, disappointment, is that if you go into a game with a, a character, and you have a predetermined idea in your head of where you want this character to be in however long you know and it's one, it's, it's one it's one thing to have goals as a character and try to achieve those goals mm. but sometimes unexpected things happen as well uh yeah. characters die uh you know someone attacks you with a vorpal sword you lose an arm um <laughs> stuff like that uh stuff can happen that can basically change or dramatically change the course and if you're playing a very role-play heavy game uh where there's characters and, and you know countries and kingdoms and friends and family and all the stuff that you're heavily invested in your character is heavily invested in um, depending on what happens to them, good or bad, that could steer your character in very different ways you didn't think. And what I'm most excited about with for my character, Renyolf, is that I don't know where he's going. I'm not steering him any one which way. I'm like, he died. That was completely unplanned. Because he died, he came back. He's now angrier. 
how am I going to find a resolution? Am I going to find a resolution? Renyoff can end up going down a very dark path and being a very aggressive, uh, ruthless person right to the end. Mm-hmm. Or he could find redemption somewhere down the line and, and you know, end up being someone who is uh, who kind of comes back or turns back from it. And I, a big part of, like you said, your your character at the, your character does not, or creating your character or or designing your character does not end when you when you click done on D&D Beyond that it does not end when you hand your DM your backstory it ends at level 20 mm-hmm. or whenever your campaign ends because you should be constantly thinking about who your character is and what they're doing uh, and, and that, sh- that should inform uh, character development you know? yeah, and the actions you take in the game as well and the um, actions you take yeah. <clears throat> no that's a, that's a really really good point I think it is just natural to kind of see when you, when you, when you finish going through all the tabs in D&D Beyond and you hit view character sheet it's natural it's kind of natural to see that as the end of your character creation but like it's it is definitely much more of an ongoing thing and you can take rapid changes and turns like if you like you can really change characters purely by multi-classing you can multi-class you can uh, they yeah. actually just added in rules in was it tasha's was it tasha's they added in the rules for um changing your subclass uh, oh yes, yeah. yeah. They, 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 there's a, there's a something in there about talking to your DM if you do decide. Because yeah. we've talked about it before things like paladins. Um, you might become a paladin who, who decides to take a vengeance oath because a member of your party died in the game. You know stuff like that. Absolutely. You can very much, you can, you can change and your alignment can change and your goals and stuff like that can change as well. So there's absolutely nothing I don't think to. Well, like you said, it's in the book. It's in Tasha's. Yeah, so exactly. I definitely recommend having a look at that. And like, if if for whatever reason after a few levels you're not feeling your character, don't feel like you're locked into it. Like you can absolutely just have a chat with your DM, explain what's going on. You can either retire that character or just take them in an entirely new direction, change their change their subclasses, change their class, um, and you can spin out some really really cool story and role play moments out of that as well. Oh, and I one, think, I think any, oh, any... Sorry. no go on. I was I was gonna say I think any DM worth their salt is going to if you if you come to them and say hey look. I picked this subclass or this class or this race. I'm not totally enjoying it. Uh, is there any way I could maybe try this other one instead? Um, you know, uh, I think any DM worth their salt would give a player that option because at the end of the day, you're trying to have fun. Mm-hmm. And if you're not enjoying the class you picked or you're not enjoying this or whatever, um, you, the DM, any DM should be open to the idea of you uh, taking things yeah. in a different direction. Particularly if you've got a good story reason behind it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, okay, changing race might be a bit more. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, but, that'll involve uh, some uh, probably some like magic, maybe a wish spell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I mean, like, there's nothing to say that like subclasses are very easy. Oh, totally. Um, Particularly I think, under to, the, to like, a fighter, like you can just change your fighting style. That's like yeah, that, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're a great sword wielder and you lose an arm in battle, so you switch to long sword instead, and you change from your fighting style from great weapon master to dueling. Yeah, exactly. Or you, yeah, exactly. Dueling, or you could even go like. Uh, maybe maybe anything like it's it's open yeah like i suppose that i guess that's what we're trying to empathize uh, empathize no emphasize um is that like create your character put, uh, put, put like put the time in to create a character that you're happy with but if after a while you feel the need to change that that option is still available to you so the, the, the character creation yeah. thing it's i don't know i suppose what like a jar not closed yeah it's fluid <laughs> it's it's something yeah. that that's always up for it's it, it's why um you you can see that like obviously in the in the old days um when you had character sheets that were actually yes. sheets and why oftentimes it's best to write things down in pencil because things change don't don't ever write character sheets in pen because things can change uh even session to session or, or anything like that you know don't write character um, sheets in pen because disintegrate exists as a spell <laughs> exactly <laughs> but martin yes connor 
Martin, that's all the time we have for today. Ooh, that was a fun one, man. Um, I want to, before we sign off properly, I want to say a, a shout out to uh, Steve at Getty Mercury on uh, Twitter who uh, requested it. As I said, he, he is a member of my party, so it was cool to get a, to get a, a request from them. But if uh, you, uh, anyone listening, has a, an idea for a show or a topic that we that you'd like us to cover, or even just a, a quick question about D and D in general. Um, you can send us, you can leave us a comment on YouTube here, or you can tweet us at uh, at Mike Flares Pod on Twitter, um, and let us know if there's anything else you want to cover. Doing these viewer specials are a lot of fun, and uh, it means me and Connor can uh, have a chance to like talk over someone else's ideas rather than our own for once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Connor, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me here on the Mike Flares podcast every Friday at 6 p.m. Irish time. Mm. And they can also find me on Twitter at Zero Point Connor, Z-E-R-O-P-O-I-N-T-C-O-N-O-R. One N. Very important. Very Again, important. we seemed like we were synced up on my screen, but I don't think it was. <laughs> we'll get it eventually. I think we were like a fraction okay. of a second off. It, it, it's definitely okay, a bit okay. early. Um, but yeah, if, you're, if you want to try and find me on the internet, um, please do it on the internet, not in person. That's creepy. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at so sorry it's over. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash mart. I actually just started a Devil May Cry 5 playthrough this week, so if you're into that, give that a look. Um, I'll nice. be streaming some more of it. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, Twitter and Twitch is mostly where you can find me, but you can also find me on the My Flares podcast every Friday at 6 pm Irish time. So uh, thank you very much, folks, for uh, watching, and uh, we'll see you this time next week. Bye bye. Hey, folks.